Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Board Games Daily, your daily dose of tabletop gaming discussion on Anchor. Now welcome your hosts, Jeremiah Isley, Scott Firestone, and AJ Skifstad. Hey everyone, welcome back to Board Games Daily. Thanks for tuning in for another day. I'm Jeremiah Isley, and here's a look at what you can expect today. Uh, we've got Topic Tuesday topics coming at you. AJ's going to get that started for us. We've got some weekend recaps and maybe a little bit more. So stay tuned for all of that. want to remind you of our Patreon page. Head over to theologyofgames.com slash Patreon where you can become a part of what we do. Be a, a patron, get some cool rewards and promo items from some great publishers in the gaming industry as well as a chance to win a copy of tower of madness so there you go just go on over to our website theologyofgames.com and click the patreon tab or go directly to theologyofgames.com slash patreon and you'll be able to find out all of the details about that So, I think that's all I've got right now. Let's go ahead and get into this one here on Board Games Daily. Hey, I wanted to take an entire segment to tell you some very cool and exciting news. We have a new way for you to be a part of the show. Now, you always hear us saying, hey... Call in, use the voice message feature on Anchor and call in and you can be a part of the show. In fact, one or two episodes ago, somebody did that and they were on the show and it was great. We talked about the topic of the week and it was so, so cool. And we love it when people do that. So I have been doing a little bit of research and we've been discussing this because if we look at our numbers, even though we're on Anchor, The cool thing is, is so many people are finding us in places that aren't Anchor. So while we're getting lots of people listening and lots of people enjoying the show, not very many of you are actually listening on Anchor. So what can we do? One, we can continue to try to convince you to listen to Anchor, which we do. We think Anchor's great. But wherever you're listening from, now there's a way you can be a part of the show. Head to theologyofgames.com slash contact, and there's a phone number listed there. If you call that number, you'll get a cool message from me saying, we can't take your phone call right now, which is really just me saying, I don't want to talk on the phone right now. But we've really set it up as a message system. So you can call that number, leave a voice message, and we will get it on the air. That's right. You can be a part of the show by calling that number, leaving a message and your thoughts, and we'll play it here on the show and we can talk about it. So there it is, theologyofgames.com slash contact. Call the number, be a part of the show. That's it. We'll be back with more. Here we go. Theology of Games, Board Game Daily, Let's do it. Tower of Madness, the latest from Smirk and Dagger Games. Will you discover what lies beneath unspeakable horror, slip into insanity, or bring about the end of the world? A three-dimensional clock tower stands 15 inches tall, filled with marbles. 30 otherworldly tentacles push through the tower walls in every direction in this high-tension dice game of Lovecraft-inspired horror. 
Win your very own copy of Tower of Madness. Head over to theologyofgames.com slash Patreon for full contest rules and how you can enter to win. Hey, it's Firestone here with Board Games Daily, powered by TheologyOfGames.com, coming to you with our new sponsor, Getting Geeky with Game Release. He has multiple episodes a week where he talks about upcoming Kickstarter projects. He kind of outlines a project. A lot of times he has interviews with designers or publishers of these games. So it's a great way to get info on upcoming Kickstarter projects. His latest episode is on Dragon Lords Battle of Darien. So check him out at GamerLeafGo.com, L-E-A-F, GamerLeafGo.com. And we just want to thank him for being a sponsor of the show. You can also be a sponsor and join us in the fun at BoardGamesDaily, TheologyOfGames.com, all the avenues that we have. If you go to Patreon, you can back us, help us create this content, and we have cool promos that you can have for a low price every month. We really appreciate it. It helps keep us on the air, keep us paying the bills, which aren't huge, but are still there. And we want to bring you all the news we can and reviews about board games. So thanks for joining us. Thanks to Getting Geeky with Gamer Gamer Leaf. And we will talk to you later. Have a great day. Hey, everyone. It's Firestone here with Board Games Daily, powered by TheologyOfGames.com. Coming to you with my What Did I Play Monday? Or What Did I Play This Weekend? I'm telling you on Monday. Whatever! What what did I play this weekend? So one thing uh, we played is Lords of Waterdeep. My son, 10-year-old, wanted to play that. It had been a while. And we played the Scoundrels of Skullport expansion. Just the one that includes corruption. Which is a great mechanism that's kind of a press your luck a little bit you get better there are three extra spots on on a little sideboard and you can put your figures there and you get more resources but you take corruption but then of course there are mechanisms in the game that let you get rid of corruption so i was able to complete some uh quests that let me put back a bunch of corruption so i i didn't have a problem spending the corruption to get the resources to fulfill those quests because i knew i'd be able to get rid of it later so uh super cool inclusion i love that expansion and it's uh it's one i would always play with uh even if i was playing with new people i think that would be a perfectly fine one to add all the time so that's solid uh then we played well we're gonna play tower of madness by smirk and dagger games and i opened it up and found out i was missing some marbles and that's not really a game that you can be missing any marbles um, and and play so that got put on hold and then finally we after gosh what's it been now 10 months after my son's birthday or something like that he got an unlock game for his birthday and we just kept putting it off putting it off so we finally sat down as a family and played it and got totally stuck we went through the whole hour and i'm guessing we just scratched the surface of where we we're supposed to go because there are a ton of cards left and we were just lost so I, none of the other people in the family had done escape rooms before. I did one and, with a bunch of people, and I didn't feel like I really contributed much. So I feel like part of it is we're just not looking at it the right way. 
and don't have a lot of experience with it. But the one we got was the squeakin' sausage, I think it's called. It's supposed to be really kind of newbie friendly, a little easier, and we are getting destroyed. So we got done with the hour. We even went a little over, and we finally just said, "Okay, well, we're gonna come back to this," and we set it aside. And um, yeah, so it was fun, and it, it was really cool watching the kids kind of come up with these ideas and then you're not sure about it. And it turns out, yeah, that was right. That's great. And so they're thinking differently than I'm thinking. And we all kind of brought our strengths and our strengths just weren't enough because we got wrecked. So we have not finished that game, but I'm excited and I'm excited to try other ones and um, just start thinking differently about things. Cause I think that's part of the block is you're used to thinking a certain way about puzzles, about tricks, about, um, how to play games. And so this kind of forces you to think in different directions and think outside the box and come at problems from different directions. So I'm excited to explore that. So it was quite a busy weekend for games for me. So that's what I played. What did you play? And hopefully we'll hear from the guys. I don't know if they got anything in this weekend. I think tonight is AJ's game night. So maybe he's planning to play something tonight. We'll find out. Talk to you later. Bye. Coming soon to a table near you, Campy Creatures, the first expansion and second edition. Compete with all the classic monsters from the first edition, plus four all new creatures. Clash each round as you try to win new location cards. Hello? Is anybody there? And capture new mortals. Walk this way to Kickstarter, now until Saturday, November 3rd, 2018. Campy Creatures, the first expansion and second edition from Keymaster Games. Hey there, everybody, and welcome back to Board Games Daily, powered by Theology of Games. This is AJ Skifstad giving you my weekend recap uh, and what I hope to play maybe this week. Tonight is Monday night. This episode might not be published till tomorrow, so it might be Tuesday when you're listening. Normally, I would have my game night tonight, but because I just got back from Rochester, New York, uh, with uh, hanging with my brother and sister, <clears throat> I did not do a game night tonight. Maybe I will later this week. I had hoped to get Whitechapel to the table, and I had hoped to get uh, an exit game to the table. I, I feel bad I didn't get the exit game to the table. Uh, Whitechapel, it's okay that I didn't. But what I did get to the table was Orleans, which is a wonderful Euro-style game where you're uh, doing basically bag building with some workers around Orleans, France, and you're moving out of Orleans and setting up guild halls and collecting uh, nobility to, to your player area, and you're collecting goods as well that are going to be victory points. Um, as you pull people from your bag, you're going to charge up uh, locations on your player board, and once those locations are charged up, you're going to activate an action to gain more people, points, guild halls, and, and goods. It's a really super duper fun 
Euro style game, one that has been released within the past five years, uh, at least in US anyways, and it's just very, very solid. A lot of Euros get released every year. This is one that hangs with them and, and it's still got legs especially with the trade and intrigue expansion. Another game we got to the table, talk about it a lot. It is High Society by Osprey Games, uh, designed by Reiner Knizia. It was originally released, oh gosh, uh, in the 90s? Uh, I, I'm, I'm probably way off with this. Or maybe 2002 or three. I can't remember offhand. Uh, it's a great little bidding game. But the reason I talk about it all the time is because of how beautifully redone it is. The artwork is fantastic. Uh, There's just a high level of fun every time you play it. The intrigue is always there. Bidding and bluffing, the suspense of who's going to get out of the bid and leave you with something maybe you don't want or something maybe you really do want. Um, it's, it's a really good game. I'm not going to talk about all of it right now just to let you know that I played it. And if you haven't played it, you need to. It's a fantastic game. On another note, I just got my copy of Spirit Island in the mail today. Um, Spirit Island was a game that I had been wanting to play uh, ever since its creation, and I just have not got around to it yet. So I'm finally getting around to playing Spirit Island, and hopefully, if I like it enough, I'm going to get in on the Kickstarter as well and maybe grab that expansion that is just recently being released for it. So that's where I'm at with my games uh, this week. Hopefully I'll get to try Spirit Island out and let you know what I think of it. That's it for now. Check you later. You can be more than just a listener. If you're listening via the Anchor app, you can be a part of the discussion by using the voice message feature. Don't just sit on the sidelines. Download the app and join the conversation today. Hey there, everybody. It is Topic Tuesday. You've probably heard a couple Monday segments. As I mentioned, they might come out today, which is Tuesday. So this is Topic Tuesday, and we're going to be talking about something a little bit lighter today. Um, something I think is it's just kind of intriguing to see why people sleeve their games. To sleeve or not to sleeve. Uh, and, and obviously, I'm speaking cards here. Um, and there's also quality of sleeves too that comes into play. Uh, maybe we'll get into that, but first of all, what determines if you're going to sleeve a game? The reason I bring this topic up is because I just received my copy of Spirit Island in the mail yesterday, and I opened it up, and there are plenty of cards here in this game, and I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking, ah, do I want to sleeve it or, or not? It's going to cost me like maybe 15 to 20 bucks, and you know, if I add expansions, then that's just more money to shell out for sleeving a game. Well, what determines it for me? I think, number one, I, I look at it, I look at deck builders, and I look at the amount of money I put into the deck builder. That's one. If it's really expensive and I need to keep this game very nice because I've invested so much into it, I sleeve the game. Thunderstone, I sleeved. However, there are deck builders I've not sleeved. I look into the playability of the game. How often am I going to play it? Uh, usually if it's on my shelf, it means it gets played enough anyways that I might want to sleeve it. However, there are some games to me that are not worth sleeving that are deck builders. I have not sleeved either of my sets of Dominion. One, it's easier to shuffle. Two, Dominion is not a game that I 
I really feel like the cards need to stay in mint condition. I'm okay if there's a little bit of uh, a wear on the black rims around the card, the black borders. I'm okay with that. However, then there's a game like Star Realms. Star Realms I really love. I love those cards, and they have black borders as well, and I don't want them becoming white borders just because we keep playing with them and uh, shuffling them over and over again. So I've sleeved Star Realms, not to mention I wanted a box for Star Realms, and the box came with a bunch of sleeves for the game. And that was a $20 investment. So that's deck builders. It depends on the playability, how often I play it, and it also depends on how much I invested in it to begin with. So a lot of times I'll sleeve a deck builder. What about games that aren't deck builders that have a lot of cards? Well, I have games like Scythe, Viticulture. I have games like uh, Mystery Express. Um, let me think of another one, Lords of Waterdeep. These games all have cards. And what I, what I usually do is I try and think about how often I'm going to be shuffling these cards, how often I'm going to be playing these cards on the table from a hand. Do these cards stay in my hand or do I set them down on the table in front of me? If it's a, if it's a card game or if it's a game where I'm going to be having these cards in my hand so that nobody can see them for a long period of time and I know that I, I might have them in one hand and uh, I'm probably going to sleeve those cards. If I'm going to be shuffling these cards quite frequently, I'm going to be sleeving these cards. So, in a game like Waterdeep, nope. I absolutely do not sleeve these cards. In a game like Viticulture, no. I don't sleeve these cards. Plus, they're little, and I hate little cards. Uh, a game like, um, what was another one that I mentioned? Oh, I can't remember. Uh, a game like Mystery Express. Now, again, Mystery Express is out of print, but these cards you're going to be passing around the table, picking up, discarding, passing, discarding. I've sleeved those cards. Also, these cards, it's a mystery game in where uh, you're looking for different items, kind of like in Clue, to see how many times you see the knife. If you see the knife twice, you know that the murderer did not use the knife. You're looking for something that you only see one time. Um, if you see a card that has a tear on the back or has a, a bend or something like that, you're going to know, oh, yeah, I've played this game enough to know that that's the... Uh, that's that character's card, and so it's not that person's not the murderer. So yeah, I sleeve those cards. So I take a lot of things into consideration when it comes to sleeving a game. I haven't decided yet if I'm going to sleeve uh, Spirit Island or not. So it might take a playthrough uh, to see how, how much I feel like I'm using the cards, or am I just laying them on the table in front of me. So, to sleeve or not to sleeve, what determines whether you sleeve a game or not? Those are the determining factors for me, and uh, we want to hear from you. So that's Topic Tuesday. That's it for now. Check you later. Hey, folks, Firestone here with Board Games Daily, powered by TheologyofGames.com. So it is Wednesday, but AJ brought up a Topic Tuesday, which was about sleeving cards. And I was never anyone who felt the need to sleeve cards. I thought it was kind of silly and uh, a, just an expense that I didn't need. And then I uh, started paying $100 for games. And so things like Thunderstone Quest, Gloomhaven, things like that, where I'm dropping three figures on this game, I started thinking, I think I need to sleeve these. And so I don't go super nice on my sleeves. It's, um, I, I just 
I don't care. And people have complained sometimes about the quality and, oh, these are, uh, you know, what's with these cheap sleeves? And I'm like, well, you're perfectly welcome to not play my game or to, <laughs> to fork out the money that it takes to uh, put these in super high quality sleeves. But some of the prices of these sleeves, Dragon Shields are $10 for 100 of them. That's insane to me. But anyway, so uh, Gloomhaven and... Uh, what was the other one I said? Thunderstone Quest. Deck builders often, things that I'm going to be shuffling a lot. Other games, I was we just played Lords of Waterdeep the other day, and those cards have a nice linen finish on them, and you hold them for a little while, but I didn't see the need to sleeve those because you don't use them that often. So for me, it's just a factor of, am I going to be shuffling these cards a ton? Is this game out of print? Am I going to be... Um, spending $100 on this game, then I'm probably going to sleeve it and just protect that investment. AJ asked about Spirit Island, and one of the things, I don't own a copy yet, but I will soon, because I've played it a ton of times, and uh, every time I was like, hey, I have some money. Oh, it's out of print and going for $120. I'll just wait. And that's where I'm at right now. But uh, I remember playing with those cards and thinking, these are cards I'm going to have to sleeve, because they didn't feel like they were it's not that they were bad quality, but they just seemed like cards that were going to get old quickly. And so I will be sleeving my copy of Spirit Island when I get one, and uh, we'll see what AJ ends up doing. But anyway, sleeving, not sleeving, I sleeve sometimes, and I almost always go cheap on the sleeves. That's my story. I'm sticking to it. We will talk to you later. Have a great day. Tell us about your sleeving adventures, and don't forget to check us out on Patreon. You can join us help support the show, support the different things we're doing, and we appreciate it. Have a great day, everyone. Bye. Okay, I'm going to do my little spiel on sleeving games. So here's where, I, here's where I fall down on this, or I come down or... F- anyway, here's where, <laughs> here's where I am on sleeving cards. I... I'm a fan of doing it if you're doing it for the right reasons, and I'll explain that in just a minute, but I will obviously always, when necessary, uh, I'll always sleeve a game that is like a social deduction game. Like, here's a hidden roll card. Hide it. Don't let people see it and put it on the table. Well, oh, too bad. It got marked. Now everybody knows who you are. So I'm always going to sleeve those games, you know, coup, the resistance. I bought the expensive sleeves for one night ultimate werewolf in those games because it's so necessary. You can literally just ruin the entire game by nicking up one card in the wrong way. So I will always sleeve those. Also, I'll sleeve a game that I think I'm going to play a lot if it's got a lot of cards in it, like Dominion um, or Star Realms or whatever it might be. If there's a lot of cards in it or if it's specifically a card game and I'm like, you know what? I love this game. I'm going to play it a lot. And I find over the next month or so that I am playing it a lot. Then I'll go ahead and I'll invest in sleeves. Or if it's a game where I feel like it's kind of like a collectible card game, I always sleeve those. Especially, well, even like the living card games, I sleeved a ton of my Lord of the Rings game card game cards because I just, I like the way cards feel sleeved. And this is one of the reasons why I, I sleeve them. 
I, you know, the player decks I sleeved in four different colors and I, I just like the way they shuffle. I like the way they, they hold in your hand. Like there's just some heft to the cards that you get when you, um, uh, when you sleeve them, especially if you use good sleeves, I'm not talking about like the hundred dollar or, you know, hundred sleeves for a dollar kind of thing. The ones that you, you're going to get like a pack of 50 of them and they're heavier. Maybe they've got a cool custom graphic on the back. I really enjoy playing games when they're sleeved in that way. So I I'll go for it. If I, like I said, if it's a game that I'm going to sleeve, um, or a game that I'm going to play a lot, I'll sleeve the cards. Now, here's here's why you shouldn't sleeve a game, why you shouldn't sleeve your cards. You, If you think you're going to protect them from a spill, like if you think that putting your card in sleeves is going to protect it from liquid being spilled on it and ruining it, you're actually doing it wrong. Uh, the, the sleeve actually acts as a vacuum. It sucks in liquid and then it holds it. It has nowhere for it to go. So it holds it next to the card until it actually saturates into the card and ruins it. So yes, you will save some wear and tear. You will save them being nicked up and not, uh, you know, showing, you know, kind of being marked in that way for, especially, like I said, social deduction games, but you will not save it from liquid and being spilled. You're actually probably going to do the the opposite of the effect that you want by sleeving the cards if you're expecting to save them from liquid. So don't do it for that reason. But otherwise, if you like it, go for it. Um, but again, I don't sleeve everything because I know there's just games I'm only going to play once or twice a year and I'm just going to, I don't want to spend the money to sleeve them. So I don't. All right. That's my thoughts on sleeving. What are yours? Let us know. Use uh, the voice message feature here on Anchor or if you go to our contact page, theologyofgames.com slash contact, there's a phone number there. You can call in and leave a voice message there, and you'll still make your way to the show. So even if you're not listening on Anchor, you can still call in and be a part of the show. How cool is that? So check that out. And of course, we want to hear what you have to say on Topic Tuesday. All right, we'll be back with more on Board Games Daily. And that's gonna do it. Thanks so much for tuning in today and listening to Board Games Daily. We really appreciate it. If you like the show, it would be so cool if you would share it with your friends. Sharing is caring. Get out there on social media. Tell people about us. Give us those ratings and reviews. By reviewing it, you're kind of sharing it because you're sharing your thoughts on the show wherever you're listening. iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever it is you're listening on. We love it when folks give us reviews. So please do that. And of course, don't forget, you can get in on the fun by being a member of our Patreon community. Head over to theologyofgames.com slash Patreon or go to theologyofgames.com slash contact. Call that number, which I don't have memorized yet or else I would be telling it to you. But if you call that number, you can leave a voice message. You don't even have to have the Anchor app and you can still get in on the fun. So there it is. Until tomorrow, for my co-hosts, AJ Skifstad and Scott Firestone, I'm Jeremiah Isley saying, Go play a game. Thanks for joining us today. 
Board Games Daily is powered by TheologyofGames.com. Don't forget to head over to TheologyofGames.com to check out all we have to offer, including written reviews, our YouTube channel, and two other podcasts. If you enjoyed this show, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you're listening. Thanks for listening, and go put a game on the table.